Hey, welcome to the Impact Podcast by Youthopia. Join me in meeting the youth of Singapore who are making a positive impact to the world around them. Our guest for today is Joel Lim. So Joel is the founder of Zirap, which is a youth collective. And he produced a series called Mindful Minutes on Instagram, which was later moved over to Spotify and iTunes as a podcast. So hi Joel, really happy to have you here on today's episode. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me guys. So just give me a, like a brief introduction, some background about yourself. Sure. Um, so I guess in the capacity of Zirap, um, it was a collective started in 2017, I believe, together with some friends in NTU in both the School of Art, Design and Media as well as the School of Communications and Information. I saw a lot of talented people who are very creative and I thought, why not do a magazine together? From there, the kind of works that we did showed that, you know, we could do all sorts of works that, that are not just editorial. So we decided to do more. Um, and that's where, that has led to where we are today, whereby we work on all sorts of different projects, including video series, including articles, including like video production as well. Yeah. So Joy, wear many hats. <laughs> you are very engaged on social media and I think in the youth scene in general. So Mindful Minutes is something that I think is a portion of the many things that you do. So I think the series, I think, which is made to spread awareness of harmful mental health environments and how to deal with emotional stress is really relevant in today's climate, right? And I think that's where our topic of conversation comes in. I think we want to have a bit of a conversation around um, how do we integrate mental wellness into our everyday lives. So I think we can start by having a conversation about like what that means to you. Like what does mental wellness mean? Sure. Um, I think that with mental wellness in general, it was truly something that I only started thinking about um, during the COVID-19 like uh, circuit breaker period, right? And really that was when I realised that when the moment we went into open inverted commas lockdown, which is limited lockdown, that's when I realised that a lot of my peers were actually affected mentally. And also we, we, we read reports on like Straits Times about how a lot of people were starting to get like, you know, mental health uh, issues during that circuit breakup period. Um, but what I realized was that, you know, during that period, a lot of the conversation was surrounding um, like people whose jobs were affected, migrant workers, and very little conversation was surrounding mental health at that point, mm. you know. So that's why the team and I were, were like, okay, let's do something about it. Only because like on, on all the different house parties, Zoom conversations, like um, as, yeah, yeah. Like when, when people started opening up to, to their friends, you know, like how are you coping? You know, uh, we realized that mental health was actually something that was also, you know, that also needed to be looked at, right? So for Zero, we wanted to do a lot of things in mm. 2020. You know, mm. we had a lot of plans. We wanted to, you know, restart some of the content that we, want, that we were doing. But then of course, like Circuit Breaker just ended everything. But we did, we, we saw the resources we had we had people who were willing to create content and then we had access to a lot of like what we would call social media influencers who had people who followed them so we thought why not you know use the resources that we have to try to do something good so I looked at like you know what we have and what we can do you know realistically um, and it's really producing content and producing shows so what we did was that we basically partnered with all these different like social media influencers to um, start having conversations about what mental wellness meant to them and also how they were coping during this period 
So to answer your question, sorry, we went one whole round. Like what mental health means to me, it it really is just basically understanding what where you stand with regard to your like your mental health. And one thing that I learned throughout this entire journey is that mental health is is meant to be seen as something similar to physical health, whereby it is a spectrum, and you, you can be both like unhealthy on on the unhealthy end of the spectrum or the healthy end of the spectrum then you know mental wellness i would say is on that healthier end of it mm-hmm. yeah mm. that, that that's hopefully answers your question yes it does it does yeah, i think yeah. i, I want to kind of probe a little bit more because i think mental wellness like like you said is is on the healthier end of the spectrum right yeah. so i kind of want to understand from producing this series right what is your perception of like how society looks at mental wellness or like mental health in general from your from your experience. Right. So I would say that, you know, as much as it's painful to to mm. acknowledge, before COVID-19, it came with a stigma still, mm. you know. I think with COVID-19 and, and, and circuit breaker and everything, I think for the first time, uh, for a lot of people, they started to understand the impact that, you know, being, I would say, stuck at home can have on someone's mental health or, you know, being stuck at home with, with, with family... Not everyone has like a, a great family that mm. they can, you know, be stuck in at home for twenty four hours for, and and not having a social life, for example, not being able to, you know, suddenly all of a sudden your your social life is just gone, um, can have a very big impact on on your mental health. Also, jobs, right? Of course, like during the pandemic, like a lot of people lost their jobs, and that can have an effect on on your mental health as well. So the first time in uh, probably for like literally in their lives, we've seen how so many people like can now empathize and understand what it means to not have a healthy mental health, right? So I think with with COVID-19, then we we were able to be a bit more receptive to having more conversations about it because suddenly now if I'm not affected my friends are being affected my family is being affected my neighbor is getting affected Mm. so suddenly it becomes very close to home the situation suddenly is a lot more real not that it wasn't real before it Mm -hmm. just is just a lot more like prevalent after COVID-19 and and from there then I realized that like you know the shift in, in conversations became a lot more widespread and I think it really culminated in, I would say, October, Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, there was like the World Mental Health Awareness period where all these different campaigns were being run and everyone was started... I I believe at that point, like, you know, mental health or mental wellness was the topic of the month. Mm -hmm. Literally every single person on social media was talking about it, which was very encouraging, yeah. Mm. I I, I like that you you raised that point. I, I do think I agree with you that uh, from speaking with like psychiatrists or on my on my own platform and stuff like that, there is a good outcome from COVID nineteen, right? I mean, I hate to put it this way, but it did kind of normalize talking about mental health. So I think mm. that's the, the the benefit of going through one of the benefits of going through like a global pandemic. I think right. people are more used to sharing about their mental health or accepting that it could be stressful or mm-hmm. it could make me feel anxious. I'm, I think with that. I do feel like society, as we start to improve, the journey there of like normalizing conversations, of like normalizing getting help and stuff like that is going to be an ongoing one. So I think um, back home, as we, as a society, there were more prominent individuals getting involved in the conversation and there was some criticisms about how it could be like slightly performative or Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's good that people are talking about it, but the resources are still not there for people to 
seek out like for instance sure. like therapy is really expensive you know sure. um, if you told your boss that you suffered from anxiety or depression there's still that stigma so whatever that was being done was still not enough and I want to kind of sure. know what your opinion about sure, that is sure. if yeah. I uh, get in trouble after this uh, <laughs> you guys will have my invoice for my therapy <laughs> sessions I'm just kidding um, no um, so during last year's mental health uh, awareness period I was working with Instagram yep. uh, to, to push out some content and I spoke with mental health advocates like former NMP Anthea Ong and then I really got to speak with like organisations involved as well so like people like uh, the Samaritans of Singapore yep. right and I feel so, like you've been involved for quite a couple of years right with, yeah. the, with the campaign yeah so to me my entire experience last year really just allowed me to open my eyes to how things function. And with regard to your question on like, you know, politicians and, and whatnot, while I understand that some people may criticize, I think mm. it's very important for us to also see the big picture here. I was doing content and I'm, I'm not a politician and I'm just a social media guy, right? And I was putting out content last year, like, explaining how the health, mental health system works in Singapore mm. and why mental health is an issue in Singapore. With that, I realized that there is a very big divide in terms of the people who understand the situation mm. and the people who still don't. And on one hand, like we have people way ahead in, in terms of that conversation. And then we have the rest of the other people who exist online who are honestly just quite, you know, not informed, uninformed about the entire situation. When we have an audience as wide as this, right, every single action actually is quite important, you know. So at one point, a lot of people were making fun of this like push-up, you yep. know, uh, campaign that, that a lot of the politicians themselves were doing. And I got to ask well, like one of them, hey, you know, like, what do you think about this? And to them, all they really want to do is to raise awareness. So here's the thing, right? Like based on my experience as well, I would say that our generation, the, the, the millennials, the Gen Z, entirely keen on learning about mm. mental health issues. The older generation, sorry, my boomer friends, and also my, you know, what, what do you call the, the 40s to 50s? Gen Xer. Gen Xers. Gen sorry, people, if you're listening to this. <laughs> sorry to, <laughs> you know, put you guys in a box like that. But based on my experience, like, there's a lot more of people from that generation, those generations, who find it, extremely touchy a topic mm. you know they're just uncomfortable even discussing it mm. it's like I, I feel like for us, we are always just so open to mm. talk about it, right? If I feel a certain way, I'm like I might even go onto social media and broadcast it to everyone. It's true, right? To them, it's like most of them probably find it shameful, mm. you know, and most of them don't even want to discuss it. So when it comes to a huge part of the population who are like that, let's think about it this way: if they are doing push-ups to raise awareness, to be honest, we are not really the target audience, lah. Mm. Right? That's true. Right, like the 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 types of campaigns that will be targeted to us will be very very different because mm. I think our generation is willing to go deeper, mm. you know, and we must remember that as politicians they don't just speak to youths; they also speak to the Gen Xers, yep. the Boomers, whoever. Right, when they do things like this, it really speaks to them. If let's say your uncle auntie looks at a politician doing push-ups and they find it funny, and then they go and read and see that oh actually they're doing about mental health, and they want to like find out a bit more or like because it's funny and it makes it less intimidating for an uncle auntie to come into that conversation, why not? Like mm. why are we still you know, basically um I wanted to say a b word uh, that rhymes with 
pitch, but I can't say that. <laughs> um, like, why are we still making so much noise online about it? Because if it helps um, certain people understand issues better, then, you know, yep, yep, yep. rather than complain, I would say that we should really do our best to also spread resources and whatnot. Like, if you understand that your position on the end of the spectrum is to go deeper, then go deeper online and do your part to, mm. to educate people, to, mm. to, to bring people towards that. Mm. Yeah, so, so that, that's my opinion on things. Although I would say that I agree with the sentiment that, you know, we need to move forward and there's a lot more to be done because even people who already understand mental health issues understand that it's not enough is being done, yet we have such a large population who don't even know that these issues exist. It's like there's really truly a lot more that we need to do. Um, sure, do your push-ups, whatever, but we still need to look at like policies. We still need to look at mm. um, a lot more educational campaigns and whatnot. So um, I agree with that sentiment. Mm. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that we should be appreciative <laughs> no, I, I we should we should we should see things differently, I think. For sure. And and, and yeah. in terms of what we can do with regard to mental health, mm. like every single thing counts, mm. you know, and every single thing helps a certain demographic of people differently. Mm. And mm. and we, we have to remember that everyone's at a different pace. Yep. You know, it's like it's almost akin to saying like, you know, going to a primary school and and, and a primary six student and saying like, why don't you understand Pythagoras theorem? You know, that kind of thing. Like, everybody else is already at, like, uh, mm. logarithms. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, people are at different levels. Mm. That's, what I, that's what I feel. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. I'm also wondering if it's because, uh, not because, but, like, I think there is a bit of, um, maybe from the younger generation, mm-hmm. I think some of us hold some of our, I don't want to say trauma so loosely, but, mm-hmm. like, I think we, we feel a certain way about our mental health. For sure. Because of, like, the, the generation that came before us, right? Yeah. Intergenerational yeah. trauma and stuff like that and like the relationships we have with our parents mm-hmm. and our elders and stuff like that. So I, I, I almost want to say that like we can't really blame people for being angry. We can't. We can never. Right? Yeah. Right? That, yeah. that, that, that this is all that's being done. But I do agree that I mean, from their perspective, that like helps to move the needle yeah. of the conversation on like mental yeah. health. So I, I think I want to know um about you actually because with all that's being said, I think talking about like 2020, it was a difficult year for everybody in terms of mental health, right? But looking at, as a consumer of content and looking at the stuff that you've produced online, you've mm-hmm. been very active on social media yeah. with all the things that have been going on. I'm wondering if, how is your mental health? I think that's that's my question sure. because for me, spending a lot of time in like lockdown, for instance, and then 2020 was a, was a storm, right? There were so yeah. many things that was happening online yep. and being at home, you're like constantly on your phone, constantly yeah. on your laptop, constantly chatting with people from all over the world and it was just really taking a toll on me. And I'm wondering how how was it for you? Yeah, just for context, what really happened was that the reason why I do what I do today on on my personal platform is really because during the elections last year, um, a lot of the content that I did went, I would say, viral mm-hmm. during that period. Uh, for all things to go viral for, I decided to go viral for politics, mm-hmm. which is obviously a very divisive topic. You know, all of us were discussing a topic that was affecting, like, the entire country. So my DMs were, like, non-stop. I had to turn off the notifications. In terms of how it affected my mental health, oh, it was, it was like, that period was horrible like right now okay you know because like learn to deal with it um mm-hmm. but like as it was happening it was really a lot because one i was stuck at home <laughs> mm-hmm. you know i was alone right so within the confines of four walls it was really just non-stop every single day and it's like 
if I'm not looking at like my DMs and whatnot, someone else is calling me or the press is asking questions or whatever, mm. whatever. It's like, it's, it's quite a lot for a single person to handle. While I would say that most of the comments were positive, as I mentioned, it's politics. Mm. Um, there were some very, very nasty comments. Mm. And again, I don't blame because mm, it's mm-mm. it's politics. People get affected because, you know, they, they are extremely passionate about like the, the kinds of topics that they were. Just as I am passionate about what I stand for, you know. But at the start of it, I was very clear that I wanted to use my platform for education to mm. clarify. And as much as possible, I remained politically neutral. But uh, I think, you know, once you go into the world of politics, and I guess this was the first election where it really existed online, when you have this entirely new playing field, uh, not everyone can immediately understand what you're trying to do. So there were a lot of accusations, you know, some mm. people were like, oh, obviously, it was quite funny. In in hindsight now, it's quite funny because um, like I look at the messages again and I'm like, oh, you know, like person A thinks I'm supporting party A and then mm. person B goes like, no, you're obviously supporting party B. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, well, the fact that, you know, the two camps can can accuse me of supporting like different opposing camps pretty much just shows that I am quite neutral. Yeah. But back then, it was very scary because I never had, you know, that number of messages come in on that scale. Yep. Uh, so the accusation was that you were doing the work of one individual party. Basically, yes, like from, from from different people. Yep. But I would say that it was probably like 97% positive, mm. 3% negative. The fact is that 3% hurt. You mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. we... We don't we don't learn how to deal with these things. Obviously, this is a very new world. Yeah, so 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 I remember being extremely affected by it. Like it was really a horrible period. But then after after a while, it's like you know we move on, and it's also kind of like understanding that I don't want to to be in that situation anymore. I didn't want to be in that hit space anymore. Um, so I I made sure that I came out of it. You know, and it includes like changing a lot of like social media habits as well, mm. including firstly turning off your notifications, uh, including not reading your DMs all the time, not bothering to respond to every single like message, which is something that I would do in the past. You know, mm. like I love engaging in conversations, which is I guess why I do what I do today. Um, but like you know, there's only so much a person can handle, and uh, I guess today. It's, it's really just about like understanding the general consensus of people and still, you know, navigating that and still standing up for what I believe is uh, right in my terms and my own values. Yeah. Mm. I really like that point because I think it's going to lead to my next topic of conversation, sure. which is I think with our generation, everything exists online, right? Yeah. And I think you made a point about like drawing boundaries mm-hmm. with regards to like managing our social media and stuff like that. I think one thing which I want to ask you um, is how do you manage like burnout or stress or are these things that you personally experience because I think on my end even though I don't have the same amount of influence as you do but even being on social media like 24-7 you know having to run like a quote-unquote public account is exhausting like having to keep up with trends having to be ahead of trends even to to set the stage for a certain um, topic to have basically individuals who count on you for information, right? Mm-hmm. How do you, do you ever experience burnout, for instance? And how do you kind of manage that? Sure. So, uh, yes. Like, I think at one point, I think during circuit break also, because it was like, you know, like you're just stuck at home and you can't really do do yep. much. You're just like, okay, let me churn, let me churn out content, yep. right? After a while, it, it was like, what what's the point really? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, if I... It, 
I understand that if I don't exist, it's like someone else will take that spot and someone else can have that conversation and whatnot. Of course, the, the it will be different like, in the sense that like everyone brings their own perspective to things. So I guess it's just being a lot more like, you know, Bit more aware of the big picture whereby uh, understanding that on the social media space there's a lot of voices and yep. it's like yeah I mean here to say this but like I'm not that special you know um, and there's no need for me to 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 constantly put out content how I manage it is that uh, when I when I when I feel myself getting burnt out immediately take a break mm. you know um, and what, this, does that, what does that look like like if you know that a burnout is coming uh, it's it's kind of like feeling restless, feeling unmotivated, no longer enjoying the process of creating. Then that defeats the entire purpose of of doing this because this was entirely a passion thing. Mm. The funny part about all this was okay. So I'm gonna give you an example of like that period of like you know the insanity of social media. One of my best friends just said like, why don't you try? for one hour, just turn off your phone and, mm. like, do something else. And I said, yeah, sure. And then I just realized that, hey, actually, while everything is so overwhelming on social media, like, if you take a step out of it, like, the world goes on, mm. you know, like, the life goes on. And I remember, uh, okay, because, you know, you can go out to buy food. Yep. So I, I went out, like, this was during the Black Lives Matter period, mm-hmm. right? And it was very, like, intense online, you know. Uh, obviously, a lot of people were very, like, like pained by that, that entire campaign, uh, like, very, very passionate about it. Um, and then you have, like, other people who were, like, you know, everyone had an opinion, Everybody basically. Everybody had an opinion. Yeah, like, like, about, and, like, different types of opinions as well. And I just remember, like, reading every single thing that period, and I'm just like, am I doing something wrong? You know, like, like am I doing enough, you know? like questioning myself and I was like hmm because I remember posting the the black square which is now quite infamous right mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I remember posting the black square right and then as I posted it some people came and said like hey Joel you shouldn't be posting that yeah, yeah, and I'm like out the content right yeah and I was just like huh like you know yeah. I, it's just ne- it's, it's just never enough yep. to keep up you know and I was just so overwhelmed because I was like oh my gosh what am I doing wrong and then I'm like okay time to eat lunch and then I put my phone elsewhere and then I go out and then uh, I, I met someone and, and they were like, uh, oh, well, how, how's your day like? And I was like, oh yeah, you know, like Black Lives Matter. They're like, what's that? <laughs> and I'm like, huh? You know, so like, and then I was in it, like, in, like you know, like so engrossed. And then I realized that like, actually the, the online space and the real world are, uh, can still quite be separate, yep. you know? And while I am entirely immersed in, in the social media space, if I need a break, then it's really, literally just walking away from it. And I think that um, it sounds damn lame to, to verbalize, like, oh, you know, you can just turn off your phone. Like, yes, we all get it, but do we really do it? Mm-hmm. It's like, I wouldn't say we, we do, you mm-hmm. know, because, yeah, it's just so ingrained in our lives. But I just want to make it clear that it is an option. You know, it, you, you can walk away. It is like a, a space on its own and you, that there is life outside social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a colleague who is our age and okay. bear in mind like we, we live in a social media world yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and we work for a social media company, yes. right? <laughs> he hasn't been on social media for a year. Love that. Yes. I'm like, how did you... Yeah. I don't understand. What's the latest meme that you... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that you remember? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. But anyway, it's really interesting because I think, um, yeah, so much of our lives are dependent on social media, right? Mm-hmm. Keeping up with friends, keeping up with content, creating content, engaging with our our audience and stuff like that. Um, I want to talk a bit about um, 
some of the common questions and assumptions sure. that we we got from producing this particular episode. So I think one common thing that I got from talking to like my friends and like family is that um this whole idea of like therapy I think is becoming more popular, right? Yep. Um I had a friend who told me that they felt that therapy was essentially a waste of money because okay. even though an individual might struggle with like anxiety or stress, this person felt like spending money on like a $200 pair of shoes could be more worth it to them. And I'm sure. wondering, yeah, like what, what are your thoughts and opinions about that? Mm. Um, I think it's very important to first uh, acknowledge that different people have different ways of mm-hmm. dealing with issues. Mm. So if a person feels very strongly that perhaps retail therapy might be better mm-hmm. than actual therapy, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and if it works for them, sure. You know, I don't think we should ever force people to go for therapy um, as much as we mean well. One of that's one of the biggest lessons as well. Like we we can mean well, sure, uh, but. If we are not qualified, and most of us are not, then maybe we shouldn't be the ones making those judgments on people. Mm. I, I had a conversation again with Anthea, right? And we spoke about, you know, wanting to be that friend, mm. uh, to, to give support. It's very intuitive for people to kind of like want to step in and say like, yes, do this. Let me give you my advice. Yep. You know, let me give you my guidance. But when it comes to something as fragile as mental health, it's like, I think something that I learned as well is that we kind of have to take a step back and and kind of ask people, how can I be of help how can i support you um versus like this is what i can do to support you mm. you know so mm. uh that's one and um like with regard to uh like whether or not you know therapy is useful i think um hearing from a lot of people who have gone through therapy i would say most of them have said that it has helped so um like on a personal note like i would recommend it i would say like hey you know if you feel like you need help go go try it out yep. you know like if it doesn't work out for you perhaps something else will but like if you haven't tried it out yet maybe go for it w- with regard to your friend who is like oh you know like it's expensive and whatnot um there are a lot of alternative types mm. of therapy available today mm. even those online like through perhaps like a, a, an online portal zoom or whatever that have that that now cost a lot lower than going to let's say a physical clinic you know there are also like sources of uh, help from organizations that do it for like even like a very minimal amount even free for some of them like you just have to go to the correct resources online to find find out where these places are and then you know they they like you you can seek help from those those people as well mm-hmm. so I would say that the the expensive thing, yes, of course, you know, there will be expensive ones. uh, But it's also like, you know, if you want to look for affordable or even like free ones, there are options out there to to look for them. Mm. Yeah, I I do think it's also interesting because like, I mean, talking about like retail therapy, right? Mm -hmm. Like spending that $200 to... And I I don't know, maybe, maybe maybe you can argue with me on this, but like, I, I, I think it's important to kind of see spending that $200 on therapy. Although I won't force like a friend yeah, to be yeah. like, stop spending that $200 on a shoe, go yeah. for therapy, right? But to see it as like an investment right. in like spending it on yourself, yeah. right? As like a long-term like recovery or like improvement yeah. to your general like well-being instead yeah. of like spending on a shoe which will probably give you like 
uh, material things that will yeah. probably give you like that momentary feeling that yeah. might be more fleeting. I, I'm not sure. So I, I get the whole point on like yeah. that you don't want to force somebody, but yeah. also recognizing that that's just quite temporal, yeah. right? I mean, I, I mean, if I, I mean, I agree with you. You know, I, I, I do agree that like, um, if I was to choose, I would also choose like you know investing in, in myself. Um, but then I think that's really the most that we can do is to kind of like show like, hey, if if, if it was me, this is what I'll do. Maybe maybe like mm. you think about it and you consider um, and you decide on your own pace like mm. what you want to do. Um, but if you really think that the shoe helps, then then go for it. Like mm. what 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 can we do? Mm. You know, yeah. I I think it's also um the other perspective maybe is that people and this is something that I personally sure. experience or so I think people are uncomfortable or they think that maybe the things that they are struggling with is not as serious as others right. so I, mean, I can give right. you an example I think over circuit breaker I was like okay you know I'm gonna try out like a counselling session right, right, right. and I was like okay it went super well because yeah. the counsellor it was a zoom call and she was a counsellor based in like Switzerland yeah. and we talked about like all my childhood stuff and everything yeah, and I was yeah. on the verge of tears and then at the end of the session she was like oh um uh, I, I asked her about herself and like yeah. what she usually does yeah. and her background and the people that she counsels and she told me that um, yeah usually she works with like um, people from uh, the Arab nations who are refugees that came right, to like right. the came to Europe to yeah. to settle down and yeah. a lot of them struggled with like losing their family you know being uprooted and stuff like that fleeing yeah. a country of war and immediately I was like oh my god my problems that I just shared with you yeah. are so insignificant I can't believe yeah. that I just shared with you about like my privileged life yeah, and like yeah, how yeah. I'm feeling and I think this is a common yeah. I'm not sure about you but like I think this is a common experience like we feel some sort of like imposter syndrome when it comes to what we are dealing we kind of try to compare it with like others and tell ourselves like oh we're not as bad so like we don't need to go and seek like right. help yeah. right I mean you know it's also relative to the kinds of lives that we that we mm-hmm. live you know a lot of people are uh, I would say compared to other countries way more comfortable in Singapore yep. but then it doesn't mean that we still don't get affected by issues we don't get you know we don't feel down you know are there still people who are depressed in Singapore Yes, absolutely, right? Are they co- living comfortably? Yeah, most of them, I would say, you know, mm, like mm. at least are able, able to, 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 to eat every day and whatnot. Does this mean that we should discount their, their depression? Does this mean that we should discount their issues? Absolutely not. Um, and if you really need to see it as a transactional thing, you know, if you're paying for a therapist or whatnot, like it is their literal job, you know. Uh, if if a if if it's if I have to allude it to health, right? Um, and you think like, oh, my headache is not as important as someone with like stage four cancer, mm. so I don't need to see a doctor. It doesn't work that way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's all. If you need help, you need help. That's it. That that's as simple as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. agree, agree. So I think one interesting thing is also that uh, having this conversation with your boomers. Right, telling them they're like, oh, my favorite people in <laughs> Singapore. What's up, boomies? <laughs> telling them they're like, oh, like, hey, I'm feeling like depressed, and I think I want to go to the, for instance, like the polyclinic to yeah. get a referral. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to have a conversation about that. Like, how, what, what would you advise somebody who maybe are not sure about how to kind of approach this topic with their parents okay. or their elders? Yeah. Sure. Um, if it brings you a lot of anxiety. 
maybe do it with a friend instead. Mm. Uh, it's also where you are in life, right? If you're a minor, then perhaps like I would say you do probably need to speak to a parent about it and yep. like maybe speak to your doctor or your 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 counselor and whatnot or is like someone of authority that you trust um, to to then be that bridge if your relationship with the parent isn't good or like, you know, comfortable enough for you to open up. Um, if you're an adult, then... I mean, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but like as adults, you know, we we have a, li- a little bit more autonomy over our lives. Mm. Um, like if there's really no need to tell your parents, I mean, let's be real, right? Do we tell our parents every single thing? Mm. I don't think so. Mm. Um, if this is something that you feel like you can live without telling your parents, then I don't think that there's a need to have that pressure. If you feel like, you know, you need to tell your, your parents, absolutely, you know, then I would say that, Again, it's, it's, you know, I, I would say that everyone has a different relationship with their parents, so I can't really, like, give a general mm. advice. But I would say if you you were to talk about any other important issue, you know, moving out and having your own place, you know, get, like, mom, I'm going to get married, you know, the kind, that kinds of conversations, how would you approach that? Mm. I think being the same kind of, like, hit space and, 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 and I try to, like, approach that conversation with a bit more... I guess, sensitivity to how your parents would react as well. A lot of the disconnect, I, I would think it's like, you know, immediately a lot of people from our generation would be like, I need you to understand where I'm coming from. But like, again, again, like, you know, their generation have lived a very different lives and have mm. very different experiences from us. Um, like, some of us are privileged enough to have parents who will be like extremely understanding knowledgeable about the the issue at hand some don't so it's also about understanding where your parents might be in the totem pole of like knowledge or, or of this issue yeah and making sure you understand like fully what it is before you enter that conversation and it's not easy i get it it's absolutely not easy like i would say that my parents are pretty like I would say moderate, open, you mm-hmm. know, progress, progressive. Uh, but even then, sometimes I feel like I can't, I can't get through to them, you mm-hmm. know. If, and I would, I would think that most of the times they, they kind of like understand. I mean, they let their son study um, media <laughs> in Singapore, so I think that there, there is a part of them that kind of like you know are, are a bit more casual about things. But yeah, even then, so like I absolutely understand if someone is like like has has that block. But I would think. Uh, Understanding the full situation before entering it would help. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm just going to ask you one last question. Sure. Do you have any nuggets of wisdom for like anybody tuning in with regards to like mental wellness and how they can <laughs> manage it? Sure. Um, now, now I'm all thinking about is like McNuggets actually. I'm like, oh <laughs> yes, give me those McNuggets. Uh, but I would say that I don't have any more nuggets of information or wisdom. Uh, people who do are the people I interviewed. Mm. Um, uh, so Antia Ong, Tan Chuan Jin, Norel, all of the the conversations that we've had are available on my IGTV. A lot of nuggets of wisdom from them. Um, You know, the Mindful Minutes uh, podcast has a lot of information as well. Both the um, IGTV series on Zerat Mac and and also on Spotify, both shows have a lot of information um, on there. Go check those out and, you know, kind of immerse yourself yourself in those worlds and learn from them. Uh, Like, honestly, I feel like I'm a middleman. Mm. Uh, I don't see myself as as an expert, which is why, you know, as I continued doing the content that I did last year uh, with regard to mental health, I really partnered with experts you know and people who knew exactly what they were talking about so i guess my job is to you know 
relay those information to people and also direct people to them. So yeah, th- that's what I would say. And, you know, go follow um, a lot of these pages on Instagram. Go follow the Samaritans of Singapore. Go follow, um, like, are you really happy? I go mm. follow, uh, like, what other pages? I just... Um, Oh, I can't remember right there now. There are so many. There are so many. Yep. There are so many. And you know what? Use the Instagram algorithm to your uh, advantage. So like, if you click follow onto a mental health page, it will immediately recommend you others. Check those out. And mm. then I think that those will be good. Yeah. And I think I just want to plug, like, um, I think we have a couple of individuals who are working in the mental wellness space who share really interesting information as well. So yeah, I think, thanks Joel. I think being a middleman is really important. I think people... I wouldn't say overlook that. It's yeah. definitely a time and space for that. So thank you for your service. Hey, no problem. You can pay me in McNuggets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. This show was brought to you by Youthtopia. This project showcases everyday Singaporeans that have made an impact in our society. Have someone in mind? Nominate that person at youthtopia.sg forward slash impact.